The orc bows his head, fighting to control the involuntary shaking in his hands. His whole body, really, but especially in his voice. Your eminence, your excellence, sir, I, uh, I, I didn't get a good look at them. They were pretending to be steelhawks or steelhawk prisoners. Five of them, three humans, a half-orc, and a Yusoki. But they had guns and magic, and I don't know. It might have been red-toothed people. Might have been somebody new. But they're, they're killers. They tore through the whole base, killed bird food and all sorts. And they're going to make trouble, boss, sir. The orc trails off and stands in silence before an empty space. Before nothing at all. Just a piece of the wall with no signs of sentience. Nothing responds to him. Silence hangs in the air for a few uncomfortable seconds. York raises his eyes, no longer able to conceal the fear from his face. He allows a few more seconds to pass, perhaps out of panic. Perhaps just to think of something to say. I mean, your majesty, sir, they're not going to make trouble for you, of course. They, they couldn't possibly... A rectangle on the wall lights up and the York stops talking instantly a smooth piece of what looks like glass showing an illuminated picture like a moving painting or a window to another place. A room with light brown walls with a single figure standing in it close to the window. Unfortunately the back of the orc's head almost completely obscures the figure. All we can see are a large set of curled horns like a mountain goat's. The voice calls out from this bizarre magical window. Enough of your mindless babbling. What a fool wandering, pathetic mortals, in the face of my divine fury! The orc stands, dumbstruck, mouth agape, unable to answer the question. You have wasted far too much of my time with this nonsense. Your concerns have been noted. Have a nice day! The window goes dark. The orc shudders with something. Fear? Relief? It's unclear. He takes a deep breath and turns to leave, takes one step, and then stops. An explosion of ice-cold, greasy blackness bursts forth from the ground, enveloping the entire space and the orc. He screams for an instant, and then the sound is choked off. The dark, unholy energy fades away. The orc lies face down on the ground, motionless, dead. This is Pot Against the Machine. To Pot Against the Machine, the only actual play podcast where nothing at all happens in episode 50. Or at least nothing so far, but we're only like four seconds in. I'm your host, and here's everybody. They're waving. You you brought it up last time, so I think we yeah, all... It's a special intro. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Episode They 50. were passionate waves. Yeah, I said I wanted it. I was wrong. It's always bad. <laughs> Hello, Scrappers. So glad you could join us for this milestone episode. On this very special episode of Pot Against the Machine. We recap the last episode of Pot Against the Machine. 
Last week on Pot Against the Machine, the group climbed pointlessly through razor wire, hurt themselves horribly, and maimed the dead body of a mutant manticore in order to get some chunks of it. That was pretty gross. And then they uh, found their way south, heading for the territory of Red Tooth's Raiders, only to stumble upon a rather loud combat. It turned out that a couple of Red Tooth Raiders were being set upon by a group of Smilers with guns. The Smilers looked like getting the better end of it, till the very capable four interfered and killed one of them, very nearly killed another, and then finally Brixby color sprayed them because he just color sprays everything. I do. And it knocked them all unconscious, and it was mean, and I feel bad about it. I feel really bad about it. <laughs> color spray your problems, kids. It'll make them all go away. And there are going to be so many spellcasters with color spray right up until you all hit six hit dice. I'm telling you. Better tuck them in. <laughs> yeah, so to finish out the episode, you uh, had a little arly barley with the rat folk that you saved. Or, uh, you know, they said that they probably had it under control, but it didn't look good. Uh, they led you back to Red Tooth's Warren and finally introduced you to Red Tooth herself, or at least who you presume is Red Tooth. She never actually introduced herself. She, after a really, really botched diplomacy check by the entire party, everyone rolling natural 20s, except for Vargas. Um, <laughs> hey, he's still aided. But he's still aided. His 13 was just as helpful as all those 20s. She agreed to hear you out and see if there might be something that the Very Capable Four and Red Tooth Raiders can do for each other. So that's where we're picking up now. I fast forwarded a little bit in time because this is episode 50 and we do such things now. And uh, she, you've been led into Red Tooth's Warren. We skipped the part where everyone had to crawl through and go through squeezing checks. Uh, you wandered past the well-trained dire rats through uh, some seemingly impassable walls, and into what is effectively Red Tooth's throne room. She's sitting up on her very fancy chair at the back of this room, and she's flanked by a couple of her raiders, and then there's raiders on either side of you, and behind you, and in the room behind you. There's, there's a whole bunch of raiders here, um, but nobody's pointing any weapons at you, so we got that going for us. Like, how much did you fast forward? We don't know where we are in the conversation. I'm so lost. Can we go back in time to not go forward in time? Bonce again. <laughs> I believe she's still just effulging information from our beautiful 28 diplomacy check, Sam, right? She just loves us, huh? Well, she definitely seems happy with you. I just wanted to see if you know, anybody wanted to jump in with anything since I just talked for like an hour and a half on that recap. <laughs> Did we talk about Salisbury's already? Or a little bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of just good. <laughs> so Red Tooth uh, sitting on her throne, leans back a little bit in the chair and she says, uh, well you've got bigger plans, you said? Something beyond the the Smilers. I'm listening. We're collecting points um, to better scare our enemies. Oh, sure. You, 
Everybody wants to be the biggest, baddest daddy around here, but, uh... Yeah, that's it. But, uh, what is your end goal in Scrabwall? What brings you here? Well, and Vargas, uh, steps next to Bricks to put it bluntly, we're here to defeat Hellion. And she cocks her head to the side and says, oh, really? You know he's a god. So we've heard. Ah, uh, well, I mean, just ask a cleric of Aridin how well that works for your mortality, eh? But seriously, we're also interested in those Lords of Rust, who, from our present experience, have no problem dying. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah, a pain, the lot of them, but they die just as easy as you or me. I'd say quite easier. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we pull out the the trophy that we took off of Meanda, because now canonically we pull <laughs> trophies off of everything <laughs> and do it just as poorly as <laughs> it's like a bunch of hair and like a toe. <laughs> just a handful of purple hair. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the purple hair, but See? we did not take a toe <laughs> off this off the sentient being. She wasn't sentient when we were done. She's still alive. She's still alive. Yeah. She's in a tiny prison. Yeah, but she was knocked out. I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. That's conscious. <laughs> Just while she was unconscious. Quick, take a toe. <laughs> oh, no. Did you know that you're not sentient while you're not awake? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's science. Do androids actually, you know, have sentience when they're whatever? Something, something cheap. I know. Do androids dream of disfigured feet? <laughs> Episode title. App title. Wow. Yep. You nailed it. <laughs> She'll look at the uh, lock of purple hair and um, nod and say, ah, you got the priestess then. Good on you. I was wondering where she'd got off to. Yeah, she made the mistake of uh, messing in a small town called Torch, which, well, brought the likes of us together. And from there, you know how we are. Right, Ken? We just keep digging and digging once we get a scent. That's what brought us here. Now we hear tell at the gate that the Lords of Rust, no disrespect, I should preface this with, have um, reduced Red Tooth's raiders to, well, less of their former glory. And, well, I'd say, Kin, our interests are aligned. Well, not gonna lie to you. We've. We've hit a rough patch, eh? The Lords of Rust, they command a kind of loyalty that they'd never seen before. Fanatical. And uh, the woman with the purple hair, the orc priest of theirs, and half their soldiers, and she looks down a bit. Non-trivial number of my old soldiers, uh, they, they fall in line for them. 
I suppose having a god talking straight to you does that to people, but you do find us at a at an ebb of our powers, I'm afraid. The once mighty red toothed raiders who patrolled the streets of Scrapwall and emerged from every nook and cranny and well, we were the closest thing there were to police here. Not not long ago, we never claimed to own the place, but we, we kept the order. Now uh, we barely journey forth from the Warren. Big bad daddy points have never been lower. We are neither big nor bad, nor especially fatherly at this time. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty, and to reciprocate such, I must confess we didn't dig our way here at all, but rather we mostly came by horseback and on foot to an extent. But we did come all the way from Torch to see an end to Hellion and his ilk, and if in the process we can help you to restore order to this town, or settlement, whatever you like to call it, I think that would be agreeable to all of the residents once we can rid this place of Hellion's influence. I'm not sure at this point that there's any going back to the way things were, but yeah, if we can strike out at the Lords of Rust themselves, if we can deal some blow to them, I must confess it. Even my spirits are a bit dimmed. My, uh, lieutenant, my cousin, he, uh, was instrumental in running the gang, but the Smilers have kidnapped him. They're holding him hostage. They, they don't make demands because they don't want anything but to tear us apart. But if we had him back... What is his name? Uh, he uh, goes by Whiskey Fist. And he's, he's still alive? Far as I know, but uh, you know, they're cannibals. They might be eating him right now. Ah, by your estimations, they have him up uh, just a bit north of here in their territory. If he's still alive, if they're still holding him prisoner, they claim to be. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say? And he, like, narrows his eyes a little bit. Whiskey face. Uh, yeah, that's his name. So you're, um... Your accent's a bit unfamiliar to me. I am familiar with that name, though. Yes. Yes. So as you were saying, you believe that he is with them? I, I think they've got him in their territory, locked up in their headquarters, or uh, they've been eating him. I think they probably haven't killed him. I don't know much about your people or what you do, but you've said, and the group that we rescued have also said, that these Smilers don't care anything for prisoners or hostage negotiations, which means there has to be some other reason that they would take him alive and not just kill him. Either way, they cripple you, but if they take him alive, well, maybe there's something they need him for, in which case they'd have to keep him alive. Yes, when we first came across them, they were trying to earn Lords of Rust's favor by setting a castle on fire and saying, look at this, it used to be really cool. 
I suspect they may have kidnapped Whiskey Fist to, to show the Lords of Rest yet again that they are worth keeping around. Yes, they seem to be the biggest and most active supporters of the Lords of Rust among the remaining original gangs here. If we can take care of them, get them out of the picture, it'll deal quite the blow to the to the Lords. The, a lot of them are half-soaked most of the time. I'd, I'd say most of their plans don't make no sense, but their leader, she's bad news. She eats her, her friends as well as her enemies. Marrow, right? Yeah, that's her. Well, I, uh, I also, he looks down, looks up for a second. Fair from Chittam, right? Mary O'Warren it was. I remember. Whiskey Fist. Strange chap. But he's one of ours. Um... How long ago was he taken? Maybe four days. If he's Brixby's friend, he's our friend too. We can... We can try to find him. Well, we'll find him and bring him back. And I suspect deal quite a grievous blow indeed to the Smilers and their number. Sure of us just marching north, killing everything that looks jovial in our path. Do you have any information, anything that could help us? Like a chainsaw? <laughs> Perhaps some of your raiders could pretend to take us prisoner <laughs> and bring us to Marrow as a... Hmm, something tells me that won't work twice. It didn't work once. I disagree. Oh, it worked. <laughs> I mean, we're alive. Now, the uh, headquarters the Smilers have taken from themselves is... Uh, and it's an old chunk of something, but it's uh, it's more solid than most of the structures here. Walls made of sky metal of some kind, so you can't break in. And traps, like old guns and things. I'm afraid I'd never been inside. For obvious reasons, we ain't never been friends, but... The, the guns are traps, you say? Yeah, that like, like built into the walls, there's a gun. Right over the entrance. Oh no. Oh, sounds like siege weaponry, and I'm here for it. <laughs> uh, do you have any advice on an incursion? Then, do we just head north? Are there any tunnels? Anything you'd recommend? And there's there's been rumors for a long time they dug their way out through the wall, the scrap wall, and there's there's a way in. To their headquarters from outside, but uh, I wouldn't know the first place to look for it. There's there's a lot of them in there, and they got Meryl. She she does magic with the dead. She's not to be underestimated. Now, we heard from a guard captain who admitted that he's never been to Scrapwall himself, but has heard things of the place that Mera herself is undead. Is this true? She scoffs and leans back. Nah, <laughs> she's a, a hobgoblin. She's alive as you or me. Well, let's get in the habit of referring to her in the, the, uh, the past tense. I, I, um, 
am excited to make her was a hope goblin. He looks down. Um, sounded a lot better in my um, head before. Sure, they, they can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're in for a tailgate party. <laughs> we all close our cargo shorts collectively. If you do this thing, you'll really strike a blow at the Smilers, let alone get, get my cousin back. We can absolutely talk about standing up to the Lords of Rust. You'll already have struck quite a blow against them. Do you know anyone who might know anything about that tunnel? I'm surprised none among you would, but perhaps, I don't know, someone with knowledge outside the walls. Nah, if anybody does, chances are the Smilers would have caught him and killed him already. Fair. I'm sorry that you've lost more than a trivial number of your people, but we can try and bring this one back. We will bring this one back. You speak of standing up to the Lords of Rust, I wonder... As we are looking to cripple them as much as we can. I hear that the thralls are basically non-existent at this point. That nobody knows if there's much of their number remaining at all. Do you think there's merit in seeking them out to ascertain if that's true? To see if they could be of any aid? You're never going to get help out of the thralls. They're, they're practically a cult of Hellion now. Just fallen all over themselves to beg for his approval. I see. Well, that certainly simplifies our next steps. Is there anything y'all wanted to discuss with Red Tooth before we strategize? In all of your dealings so far here in Scrapwall and the Smilers, have you come across any useful equipment we might be able to take a peek at that could aid us in a Rescue mission of Whiskey Fist. She hesitates a bit there, and she goes, uh, I mean, we got, we got stuff, but, uh, I can't just give you uh, our treasures. No one's suggesting that, kid. Not at all. We're just interested in trading. Trading is all grippers. Just a fun borrow system. I mean, well, we got, we got some bombs and things, but most of those I'm saving up for a, a special occasion. You understand. We'll, we'll give those back. Like a holy day for your god. Or someone's birthday. Like like a big demolition project. Like a gender reveal. We take those very seriously. <laughs> like, destroy three city blocks seriously. I'm just imagining all of Scrapmaster's arena bursting into flames and then we just see like a zoom in on Red Tooth. Like, it's a girl. <laughs> It's a boy. Yeah, that's actually a level nine spell now, gender reveal. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> gender reveal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they have, they have cool rat stuff to swap us? Uh, well, mechanically speaking, they don't have a ton of super interesting stuff. They got some, like, batteries, nanite canisters. They have some grenades that might be of interest. And um, a detonator with charges, but um, Red Tooth is not willing to part with that at this time. We have a bunch of stuff. I mean, nanite canisters double as healing, and the uh, Inferno pistol 
ammo, which would be ammo, pretty dope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And batteries are always helpful. I think they're just going to be more useful to us as we go. So she has um, zero grenades, which are grenades that deal cold damage. Fletchette grenades, or however you say that word. Or flechettes, or yeah. That deal uh, piercing damage. Arc grenades, which I'm guessing do electricity damage. Yep. And then, yeah, nanite canisters and batteries. I mean, I'm always down for more grenades. I don't know, maybe get more of those. But, I mean, I definitely agree with Jeff that nanite canisters are particularly useful. So a nanite canister is effectively worth 500 GP. So if you want to trade basically something of like value, I think she'd be willing to do that. How many bugs are in a full one? I'm sure it's a technical term. It's 10. 10 for 500. Yikes, I do. I know, 50 GP a whack. That's... Hmm. I mean, if we're not getting a smooth 3 nat 20 diplomacy discount on these, they're giving us the old torch treatment right now. You know, we save them, and then they're like, well, here's some full-price stuff. <laughs> well... To be fair, like, I just, well, I just said like for like trades, though. So instead of getting half value for your trades, you're basically getting, you're basically getting 50% extra. That's fair. So those 2,000 GP grippers are going to, you can like never trade those <laughs> at this point. They're like part of our group. <laughs> I mean, like, we have to keep them. The panic suit we might use, though. Yeah, I think we should hold on to the panic suit just because who knows about radiation. Yeah, and what if there's a disco? <laughs> we had V-Mod goggles and a proximity helmet. I don't think anybody's using either of them. Briggs was wearing the goggles for fanciness. I was wearing the V-Mods just because they were like cyberpunk sunglasses as it stands. I don't know if we want to get rid of those, though, because if I remember correctly, V-Mods are something that go up in terms of, like, we can get different colors. Should be the neural inhibitor disruptor or whatever that is. Yeah, the neural inhibitor is worth 2,400, so that right there is a pretty good chunk. We love good chunks. Ooh, how about a fire extinguisher? Oh, no. No, we got to hold on to that. I feel like... There is going to come a time where, like, someone is going to draw the fire extinguisher in round 16 of battle, and it's going to be the thing. We're just going to... It is going to propel us in zero gravity in book five. <laughs> That's true. This is, it's like, dope quality radio. 2,400 gold pieces, you said? <laughs> oh, right, the show. <laughs> yeah, for episode 50. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> This is really, yeah, this is what people waited 50 eps for. Yeah. Finally, the yeah. logistics podcast we have been teasing. <laughs> this is a prime ep 50. Rat economics. So nanite canisters are 500. What do batteries run these days? I should know that or have it handy. So I looked on Amazon. There's so many. 100 GP. So they have uh, two nanite canisters and um, five batteries. I just bought an eight pack of inner loops for 20 bucks like a month ago. So that seems not right. Did they come from space? <laughs> so 1500 
for all of that. And we'd still have 900 left over just from the inhibitor. And so we could buy some grenades, possibly? And maybe... So I would love to maybe put grenades in the hands of our two frontliners, just in case... Because, like, you know, I have I have some AoE stuff, and Asher has most of the grenades right now, but you guys have enough decks to throw a splash weapon. Yeah, each grenade runs about runs about 750, so you can get one grenade. Ooh. Red Tooth will say, uh, and you come back with, uh, with my cousin. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever you want from this pile. But for now, we can do a trade. You want, yeah. You want ice, piercing, or electricity? I mean, maybe piercing, just because like energy damage has resistances and weirdness. So maybe after we make our trade, we can regroup and reconnoiter. Unless y'all want to stay here. What forever? I don't know. Just like, well, I mean, we could see like, do you have a wall room with like? Uh, do we have to? Re- Reserve it in advance if we want, like a, a lounge? like a whiteboard and possibly a projector. I mean, no matter what, we should probably rest the night just to get back resources we used in the Manticore fight and the Smiler fight and such. Get any health up that hasn't been healed. Right then, I think uh, our best plan, I would say, is to probably fall back to the Steelhawks or the Cathedral for the evening. See if any of them have any leads on this tunnel. Then maybe we go searching for it ourselves. Whereas we just waste time and then we can go in through the gun situation that they've described so far. I agree that it hurts nothing to speak with the Steelhawks. If we do happen to swing by the Clockwork Chapel and Invaya's home, we might be able to get some healing from her. But I generally like this backdoor idea. Now knowing that there's just seems more our style. I don't know. Yeah, no, honestly, it's actually not. It's not our style at all. How high are those sky metal walls? <laughs> That's our style right there. <laughs> Linus and I go riding again, drunkenly stumbling towards the Smiler hideout to do a little bit of reconnaissance. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so are you climbing out of the warren for the time being? Yeah, let's go fight the junk golem again. Let's go grease that thing. Let's fight the junk golem, have her have uh, earlobes. Earlobes. Sadly, there's no junk golem this time. Doesn't look like she's got it back up and running yet. But uh, you mostly you make your way back there. It doesn't look like you've got any issues. You know, there's your normal foot traffic and scrap wall, but not really any gang activity. Mm-hmm. Denvaya will... She's appears to be off in her workshop when you arrive, so you can get your way through the door with the secret switch and let yourselves in. Hello, Denvaya. We don't mean to startle you by appearing in your chapel. She'll stop what she's doing, walk out, and say, Ah! Hello again! Uh, No startling, no. It's, uh... Sadly, I didn't have anything ready for you to fight this time. Maybe next time. Oh, we hope so. Had a bit of a productive day, I must say. Oh, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've murdered a giant mutated manticore. Oh, that sounds fun. 
It actually was a bit fun, a bit of thrilling. Almost called radiation, but not quite. Found a few smilers on our way to Redtooth and was able to ale bali with her and her raiders. Ah, oh, that sounds uh, like a productive day. Got yourself some uh, big bad daddy points, as they say. <laughs> oh, yes. They do say that. They say it all the time. So uh, what brings you back here? We like your robot and also your healing and also your robot. And your floor. Yeah, it's nice. Great floor. Also wondered if perhaps you might have heard anything about a tunnel from outside of Scrap Wall that may gain entrance to the Smiler's headquarters. We thought we'd throw them a bit of a surprise party. Uh, she shrugs and says, uh, I, I don't know anything about a secret tunnel, but suppose it's possible. These walls are, well, they're, they're fickle things. They can be moved about, perhaps, by someone creative enough. Sense motive. <laughs> 13 cents motive. She doesn't appear to be lying. Of course, yes. And I believe our plan is to stare at you in silence until you offer to heal us of your own religion. <laughs> you kick the ground until you channel us. <laughs> until I get the hint and, and actually heal you, yes. And she'll brandish her holy symbol and channel positive energy for seven. Excellent. I'm full. Same. I'm full. We're good? No? Is Kira actually full, or is it like a, I'm fine, I'm only down 12? Uh, she will be after we rest. Okay, okay. Because I have three more hands to lay, if we need to before bed, in a totally platonic way. Um, no, five, uh, no, we will heal five, so all good. So unless we fight something right now, we should be fine. Suddenly. Uh, so if, uh... That's everything you need me for. I suppose you can welcome yourselves to the floor once more. I'm going to finish things up in my workshop. But... Do you want us to borrow your bed while you're finishing things up? No, if you borrow my bed, I'm going to have to hit you with a hammer. Hmm. Okay. Kira jests. Of course, we wouldn't dream of doing such a thing. And Asher will look a little concerned as he talks to his fellow companions not about the bed stealing he's expecting those shenanigans but do we think after four days we're not pushing our luck to rest a night and try to rescue whiskey fist tomorrow if we decide to go tonight i'm ready she looks at brixby again just he sounds important to some people yeah well um I don't mean to put a damper on good feelings, but just because we're from the same place doesn't mean we're, um, well, we're bonded. That said, uh, anyone in the hands of those smilers is, uh, well, they're better off not. Vargas brought up a good point about our depleted resources. Might make sense to rest on our big bad daddy laurels for the evening and uh, wake up fresh bad daddies. As I said before when we were in the Rat Warren, it just doesn't strike me as I don't think he's dead and I don't think he's in danger of dying anytime soon. It would make sense that possibly they plan to deliver him to the Lords of Rust if all they're trying to do is cripple the Red Tooth 
they would have just killed him then and there and not risked him possibly escaping or being rescued. They clearly need him alive for some reason. One more night, I don't think will cause much of an issue. What time of day is it? Oh, probably uh, late afternoon at this point. You've done a fair amount of walking today, but I don't think it's night. Yeah, uh, they could be getting advantage or information. Regardless, the point is the same, and I agree. There's no reason even nosing around out there trying to find that tunnel. Because if we do and we're underprepared, that could be the whole fight. I say we bed down a little early this evening. Maybe, I don't know, clean up around this place or figure out what we're going to do with that nightmare inside our little magic bag uh, this evening. And then get an early start tomorrow. Yeah, well, like you said, I guess... um. There's always more where that came from. Yeah, we can wait until tomorrow. Kira's gonna take her bedroll and like move over very pointedly and I full pout. We've all continued to grow in abilities and knowledge. Have neither of you, Brixby nor Vargas, any ideas about that nightmare in our bag? I've done a bit of studying in the interim, perhaps. Uh, uh, Perhaps this natural one for a ten will yield me something. Yeah, I don't think a ten can yield you anything on a knowledge planes check. How about a natural 19 for a 27? A 27 will indeed tell you that Vargas thinks that Garmin has somehow become part chitin. You've heard of this, that uh, not all victims of chitons perish during the torturous treatment by chitons. Some creatures are transfigured into hybrids of their past selves with the dark malevolence of of the chitons. They become something called an apostle chiton, a sort of degenerate, submissive entity who's solely subservient to the will of the chitons specifically the ones who massacred their uh, original self. It's not unheard of, basically, for humanoids to be transformed or to have the Apostle Chitin template applied to them in this case. And with a 27, you get two questions about Apostle Chitons. How do we kill it? Sorry. (laughs) Weird that you would. Yeah, how to kill him is number one. How to stop the regeneration, I guess, to be more specific. It's negated by uh, good aligned weapons, good aligned spells, and silver weapons. We could just cure him to death, right? Because that's a good aligned... I believe that's actually positive energy damage, not not good damage. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, wait. Not good. I wasn't sure if that was a good spell or not. Asher doesn't have any uh, spells or anything that he can learn as a paladin, like good weapon or anything. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. As a level four paladin, he does now have one spell of first level he could cast. I'm trying to think. I know there is a spell. It's like magic weapon, but it gives a weapon an alignment. And I can't think of what it's called or what level it is. Aligned weapon? Yeah. It's a aligned weapon. Aligned weapon. <laughs> yeah. I can prepare bless weapon tomorrow as a level one spell. The weapon becomes good aligned. Oh, awesome. Uh, we get a second question, right? 
Should we ask for other weaknesses, maybe? Or I was going to say, I mean, if we've already figured out how to kill it, like, is there any way to divin its connection to any other chitons? Are they going to be aware when we kill it? Like, I don't know. Yeah, what exactly does subservient mean? It's more like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing, where they go through such horrible torture that um, basically they kind of become mentally dependent on whoever did the thing to them. And you said it has to be done to them by another chitin? Not necessarily. Because they're demons, right? Aren't they from the Hell Plains? Uh, they are originally from Hell, but if I know my lore correctly, they went from Hell to the Shadow Plane, and they more live in the Shadow Plane now. Suppose we can't say, how did you get this way? So I guess Vargas will share this information with the party. He'll say, I don't know how it happened or who did it to him, but I think somehow Garmin has become a chitin. And he'll look at Asher. If you have any way of creating or blessing any sort of weaponry to deal, well, for lack of a better term, good damage... We can use that to put him down for good. Hmm. Yes, as a matter of fact, tomorrow I should be able to prepare something. Now, it'll be the first time I've tried this myself, but I suppose if it doesn't work as we'd hope it would, back in the bag for him. This was done to him by someone else. So there is at least one more creature of the same type around here somewhere possibly watching us like he was. Yes, well, it seems there's all sorts of interesting things going around here in Umeria. It's funny because my, my exact thought was, hey, we should go, like, while we've got all this daylight, let's go look for that tunnel and, and get all this stuff prepared for tomorrow. And Zach's like, no, we should not look for that tunnel. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> I'm just... Super worried we're going to find the tunnel, but the tunnel is also going to have, like, some gun trap and, like, a bunch of... It would just lead into a fight if we found, like, guards outside or something. Totally fair. But maybe I'm wrong. No, I think if we're going to try and go to bed early and then wake up early, as is tradition when we're potentially engaging a boss or a den of smilers, maybe it's worth talking to the Steelhawks before bed. Uh, But if our... (laughs) It seems like we've more than met our step goal for today, so we could just save that for a like a walk in there at one in the morning and be like, Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence wakes up and we're all one inch from his face on either sides of the bed. Hi. <laughs> Bird puncher. All right, so we sleeping for the night and rolling over to the 21st, I believe, of Eridus. You wake up bright and early, or maybe not even bright yet. Dinvaya is probably up before you and already working because she never stops. And so she's canonically been up for two hours and is on her third pot of coffee, <laughs> finished the crossword, and is wondering what us whippersnappers did sleeping in so late. We're waking Clarence up and he's coming with us. <laughs> Get out of bed, bird puncher. Oh, 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 hey guys. I was 
I was having a dream of an electric sheep. It was weird. He's an android. Get him. Whoa, that's racist. So, uh, what brings you guys here? We're gonna go look for a tunnel. Do you know things about tunnels? Um, Specifically tunnels that lead into, like, some sort of Smiler death trap. With guns. So, like, the Smiler headquarters? Yes. They've got, like, a front door. But you don't want to go in that, because they'll shoot you with a laser. Yeah, we've already exhausted our brilliant gambit of walking through the front door, accompanied by you. Yeah. Well, perhaps we could construct a large equine structure out of scrap (laughs) as a gift to them, and we could all be inside of it as a surprise. Oh, guys, I brought you a steel horse, which is what our new gang name is. The Steel Horses. Okay, bye. Um, I think, I mean, maybe, like, around the back of their place, like, if you, like, went outside, that they're on the northern corner, the northwestern corner of Scrapwall, so, I mean, maybe if you just find the edge there, maybe you can find something, I don't know. No, I agree, if all of us go outside... And we're all walking. We're doing that thing where you're talking to someone and then the group starts walking. So you just start walking with the group. You know, the old Um, Aaron Sorkin kind of. And by the time that he turns around, the the gates of Scrap Wall have closed behind him. And he is shirtless. Hasn't even applied his daily dose of suntan lotion. So his shoulders are peeling already. And uh, yeah, he's he's in our retinue. Uh, Guys... I didn't mean to come. That's okay. Um, I have res- I have responsibilities, though. The call to adventure, subconscious though it was, speaks to your courage, Bird Puncher. Um, I saw the chore wheel. You still have two days for the the dishes that are in the sink. I'm in charge now, though. I gotta like be a boss or something. Can you tell someone else to do the dishes? That's called delegating. That's that seems mean. That's being boss. Guess bosses are mean. That's science. <laughs> Guess in a sociological sort of field, I you could call it science. Nevertheless, onward to the northwest corner, Clarence. So uh, he will, <laughs> I guess, be bullied into leading the way to the northwest corner. <laughs> <laughs> And um, if you head out of Scrap Wall, you're going to use a fair bit of time kind of just finding your way out there because it, it's a fair distance. But eventually, you get to that corner. You don't see any obvious tunnels. That doesn't mean they're not there. So uh, you're going to start looking. Can we take 20? Can we just put like a couple hours into this? Because it's not like we have anything else to do today. Yeah, you could take 20. Just search and search kind of thing. Uh, for the members of the party that have high engineering scores, could they take 20 on that? To like, Because making a tunnel in the scrap, I feel like, would be something that could leave stuff behind for them to see. Like, obvious stuff with that. I think that it's um, sort of been far long enough that... Uh, I mean, whenever this was done, I think 
there's probably not like obvious construction or anything left behind. So, so if you all want to to dig around um, and spend like a, a good bit of time basically exploring the northern wall of this and burn a chunk of your morning, what's the best score you get taking twenty? Mine becomes a twenty. Nice, nice. Sex got a thirty apparently. Does anybody else have higher than that? Mine's lower. Brixby and Kira both hit the DC, taking 20 with a 30 and a 29. So eventually you do, and Clarence doesn't come close, sadly. Eventually you do find very hidden and sort of tucked into shadows, so it's hard to tell that there's even an opening there. You climb up a little ways and you can find a a five-foot-wide tunnel that medium-sized creature can make their way through. Excellent. It would be a separate one to see if it's trapped though right externally right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'd be a separate one to check for traps quickly do that here uh five off the die unfortunately only gives me a 15 a 16 if it's high tech or mechanical seems safe seems that this is the uh right way um and because we're looking for traps i i think bricks would kind of start heading in first so it's Okay to go in? Before we do, he'll just hold out a hand to detect evil now through this open tunnel. Any evil auras, creatures, etc. within 60 feet? No, I'm going to say there's nothing within 60 feet. Based off of that brilliant idea, I think Bricksbow is also going to mutter and gesticulate and, uh, Sweep a cone looking for magic. Um, you also don't see any magic from the entrance here. I'm reading no magical auras. Do you see anything, Asher? No. Perhaps they were smart enough to move things 12 or more inches inside <laughs> to be just out of range. They have a really well-intentioned sentry here. Yes. As much as I am excited about our find, it could be worth just making sure this tunnel won't collapse on us. Just to take a peek at the structure here. Oh yay, a four on the dice for a 14 knowledge engineering. Um, it seems stable enough. There's no reason for Rixby to double check. Asher. We've, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know, at the same time, this is really his sort of thing. He loves tunnels made of garbage. So he's just going to quickly, quickly check. Uh, it's a 26 with a 14 off the day. Yeah, it, it seems like it'll hold. It seems like people use it periodically, so it's safe enough to get traffic. Maybe I'll go first. Uh, just in case there's any, um, immediate punching threats behind a door. You know how well I roll with those. Yes. I was gonna say I'll go first, because of the punching. I I think mostly just for the, maybe the trap checking and the, the engineering and whatever, because otherwise I'd send Clarence in first. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Clarence. I feel like if this is a secret entrance we'd be more likely to run into a trap than a person. So it's a much better idea to have bricks in front than to have a fighter in the front because he can scan for all that. Plus, if I'm the only one who's 
not going to provide soft cover if I'm in the front, I think. Oh, yeah, because you're tiny. Yeah, I'm a little bay. So <laughs> um, I think I'm with with no further ado. I don't know who who's going to follow me next, but I think Bricks is, uh, yeah, he's going to head into the tunnel. All right, heading into the tunnel. Brixby, I would say, feels at home in a place like this. I mean, it, it reminds him of Chitter Home, the sort of low, close ceilings that everybody else has to kind of duck and carefully navigate that he can just run his way through. And it just meanders its way through the thick wall of scrap wall that's obviously it's not really a wall at all. It's a pile of garbage precariously stacked and with it happens to have this opening that leads through it. And as he follows it along for at least 50 feet, maybe more, he comes to a, a straightaway, and after that straightaway, takes a sharp left-hand turn, and then 10 feet later, there's a door built into the scrap, and it looks like you found it. Um, I see a door up ahead. Going to, uh, going to check it out. And, uh, Brixby is gonna do an old perception here. Alright, 11 off the die, 21, 22 for the high-tech mechanical yada yadas. Uh, with a 21, he doesn't notice any traps on the door. I didn't move you all to the new map, did I? No, thought we were doing it theater of the mind. I feel like Clarence would be brave enough that he'd be, like, directly behind Bricks. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna go now. Um, you seem like you know where you are. No, I mean... Asher wouldn't invite Bird Puncher into his certain death. It's true. There's no birds here. The avian menace is quashed. Yeah, Brixby doesn't find any traps on that door. But he does hear motion beyond it. There's somebody in the room. Um... Maybe we go back down the tunnel a little bit and possibly ready ourselves for a bit of a scuffle on what's on the other side of the door. I want to cast at least Mage Armor on myself. I probably would have before we went inside, but I didn't say anything. I just don't want to do spells with verbal components right on the other side of the door. I too shall do a shield. This perhaps could be a good use of an inaugural grenade. I don't want to spoil the gender reveal too much, but <laughs> we do have a couple of these gas grenades that can make them nauseated, whoever's on the other side. We have, uh, like the flash or whatever ones, too, don't we? The ones that stun? Alternatively, uh, I mean... This could go really great for all the ready punches. Brixbo could always turn invisible. Peek inside that door. All stealth-like. It's true. Um, I do like the grenade because it does even our... Like, we're in a hallway. Assumedly, this opens up. So, like, we're at a disadvantage that we have to pour into the room. So, like, anything that could maybe potentially give us a round advantage to get inside not provoke attacks of opportunity or whatever. The gas ones, does that disperse after one round? 
Oh yeah, if that's like a stinking cloud, we definitely don't want to throw that in there and then just like... Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. If it lasts longer than one round, it might be better to use the bang instead. Yeah, it, it persists for five rounds, the gas grenade. Okay, yeah. We don't want to toss that into a room we have to go into. Yes, I think the bang might be better than try to stagger and blind them. Stagger and deafen. Or stagger and deafen, yeah. So we want to move back down the hallway. I assume someone else wants to be in the front if they're throwing a grenade. Asher. And that that also gives you shooty shooty. Uh, I'm going to cast mage armor and shield on myself. So this will explode on my next round after I pull the pin. Someone else would need to open the door so I'm not right in front of it and then also staggered. (laughs) I can open the door. For for uh, Kira and I's sake, we are both casting our shield the last moment we possibly can, because it's minutes per level. Okay. We're opening the door. Ready to action. Throw the grenade. Close the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Bang grenade. It's been settled. All right. So why don't you roll for initiative just so we, you know, have this... In a tracker. What did Brixby get? I rolled a two for a nine. Nice, nice, nice. Prepared. The boy scout that Brixby is. And how about Asher? A nine for a 13. How about Kira? One for a six. Oh, this is going very well. And Vargas. A 10 for a 12. Alright, and let me just roll a quick Clarence. Oh, Clarence is rolling rocks. He's got a 16. Oh, Clarence. (laughs) He's opening the door. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, we're going to sort descending. Clarence holds. Asher. Asher's readying his action to throw the grenade once the door is open. It's one action to pull the pin and toss it. And, um, Vargas. I think he is going to cast Longarm for his action. Okay. Which brings us to Brixby. is gonna open that door. Brixby opens the door. We're going to reveal the contents of this room. Ho 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 Oh no. This is a large chamber containing several metal tables adorned with tangles of strange devices sporting metallic articulated arms, many of which end in blades, needles, saws, or other instruments of surgery. The whole area reeks of blood and old guts, and the telltale rusty brown stains besmirch the floor and walls. Lighting in here is provided by several burning skulls sitting here and there throughout the room. Now, in this room, you do see three strange pseudo-skeletal creatures with rusty metal jaws, strange eyes like that appear to be mechanical in nature. They have blades strapped to them at odd angles. One of their arms has been replaced with what appears to be a huge auger. And um, oh, no. 
Yeah, they look fun. They look like friends. And, um, yeah, that was Brixby's turn. Uh, Asher's ready to action. Yeah. Um, free action, soil self. Uh, just kidding. Uh, he will attempt to throw, I, from his angle, we only see two of these creatures. So he's going to try and throw the grenade to the square west of the blue horrifying creature. So the 20 foot radius will get at least both of those and you know, maybe the third one, who could say. That's just an AC5 to hit a square. Yeah. So I'll, I'll roll for fun, but I have a plus nine to this roll. Just don't get in that one. Seven on the dice for a 16. All right. A two-e crit that square. You do hit the square. Free action. Kira, close the door. Actually, he could use his own move action and just uh, five-foot step up and close the door. All right. And that was the end of Brixby's turn. The door is closed. And we are to the turn of one of these creatures. This creature, having seen the door open and seen something be thrown in, it's not necessarily the smartest creature in the world, but it's going to step up to the door, and you just hear, like, as it starts attacking the door with its auger arm and uh the arm goes into the door it, it does some some real damage to it and kira is up let's see okay i can do from here if someone gets through the door i can attack with um old hammer old hammer guy from five feet away oh lucy <laughs> okay got it through you know soft bricks cover oh gosh and asher cover too i guess well that's gonna have to work for now all right, so five foot step and draw um, Lucy. Mm-hmm. All right, that takes us to another of these fun friends, which is uh, you don't know what it's doing because you can't see um, into the room because the door is shut. And then uh, it's Clarence's turn, and Clarence goes, "Uh, I didn't. Um, I, I'll see you guys back at the gate. So, you know, bye." Clarence pieces out. It's Asher's turn. So then my next turn happens and the grenade goes off. Yeah, there's a there's a bang on the other side of the door. So if these horrific beings can be affected by this, they would need to make a fortitude save. Cool. You don't know what's happening because the door is shut, so who's to say? I mean, you for your notes should know it's a DC-15. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing down lots of terrible things that are happening to these these creatures. So, they would be staggered for one round and deafened for 1d4 rounds, DC 15, Fortitude Save Negates. I'll just roll a 1d4 for fun. You can tell, you can know if it matters. Yeah, super staggered, super deaf, definitely. Yeah, three rounds, I'm sure they'll be deafened because they'll be totally affected. Yeah, they... they totally can't hear anything it's it's real it's real bad for them asher did see it yeah 
What knowledge roll would that be? An engineering? <laughs> that would be a uh, knowledge religion. Religion. Cool, cool, cool. So definitely not affected at all. But hey, I got to use a grenade, folks. All right, little dragon code d20. Don't fail me now on this knowledge roll. Natural 20 for a 26. Uh, 26 will tell you that these are rust risen. Miscellaneous bits of rusted machinery are fused to the body of this shambling corpse. Necromancers with a twisted affinity for technology often forgo the usual ghoul or zombies for a rust risen ally. Far from mindless, rust risen possess limited memories of their lives before on death, though these recollections are more like misshapen shadows flickering on the walls of their minds and are often distorted and highly inaccurate. They have an unnatural hunger for the living shared by other undead. They also maintain a strange obsession with technological artifacts, much like the ones that are unnaturally surgically fused with their bodies. Uh, with a 26, I'm afraid you only get one question no <laughs> oh no okay hmm all right i'm leaning towards special defenses what does the group think sounds good to me probably a good one yeah i'm gonna say special defenses why not okay well in addition to the normal undead traits where immunity to Mind affecting effects, sleep, paralysis, stun, and, um, you know, nausea and deafening. Bang grenades. Bang grenades. <clears throat> they um, are immune specifically to color spray. It says here, no color spray. On the Zach. On these guys. I knew it. <laughs> weird. That, yeah, it's weird that on Archives of Nethys, <laughs> it has just a picture of Zach and um, like a drawing of a stick figure guy pointing at him and laughing. <laughs> and um, their other special defensive ability, uh, they actually absorb electricity. Oh. So they take no damage from electricity um, as if immune, but instead of taking damage, they actually gain temporary hit points uh, when hit with electrical attacks. So it's a shame that you asked that question. I was looking forward to a shocking grasp. Yeah. Yikes. Yay. Kind of. Yeah. I was also looking forward to a shocking grasp when I saw how much metal they had on them. But, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty upset about it. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was that the only special defense? I'd hate to cut you short. Yeah, that's it. Other than the okay. immunities and the color spray specifically, Zach community. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, obviously. Didn't hear anything about a uh, hardness or a DR, which is cool. So, Asher will whisper back to the group and say, These are some sort of zombie technology abominations. Whatever you do, do not use electric magic or attacks against them. It will make them stronger for the time being. And... He will then, as his standard action, detect evil. I'm assuming they're probably evil. They do detect as evil. Cool. Undecided on what to do with that info at the moment, but that's what he'd do. So that's his whole turn. Did You said you left the door shut? Oh, yes. Yes, as a matter of fact, he did. Why? Why? Uh, 
Yeah. Weird. But why? Hi, Vargas is up. Okay, Vargas is going to take a five-foot step to the south, and he is going to ready an action to fire an acid arrow at any horrible uh, skeleton monstrosities that might open that door. All right, one of the rust risen is up, but you can't see what he does. So, Brixby. Uh, I think Brixby is going to draw his rapier. His tail blade already affixed. Swarmed with Asher. Gonna ready to strike with a rapier if that door opens. So now, this creature is gonna turn on power attack. And it's gonna swing the drill at the door again. That'll hit. And um, the door explodes into bits uh, as the drill just absolutely rips it apart, uh, exposing the creature to uh, pretty much everybody. So I'm gonna say Brixby's attack uh, with the rapier and Vargas's acid arrow go off. Alrighty. That is going to be a 15 against range touch. 15 will hit touch. So that is 5 points of acid damage, and he will also take that again next round, because it persists for one round. Alright. Brixby? Uh, Brixby rolled a 20, plus uh, 6, plus 2 for the flanking, for 28, but to confirm, roll the 2... <laughs> Or a 10. Uh, so that does not confirm, but yeah, you hit him. I roll a 2 minus 1 for my rapier damage, but a uh, double 3, so that's a 7 in total with my sneak attack. Alright, some solid damage getting in on this horrible skeletal creature. And um, yeah, it's been pointed out to me in the chat that Kira also ready to attack. So you all are very, very mean people. Take your swing, Kira. 15 to hit. 15 will not hit. But now this creature um, is, let's see, he's got Brixby and Asher standing in front of it. I think it's a little bit surprised and it's a little bit dumb. And it doesn't necessarily know that Brixby and Asher are not the same person. It's gonna bite Asher. That is only a 13. That is going to miss. Well, that's, that's a dirty shame. Depends on your perspective, man. And now Kira is up. Cool. All right. So Kira is going to start with a rage um, and then try again to hit, hit this guy. Hit this thing. Hit this friend? No. But now we're raging, so at least it is a... Let's see, eight on the die plus 11. Is that, what, a nine? 19? Yeah. Right. Is that right? Oh, God, math. <laughs> yeah, a 19 will hit it through the, even though Asher's there for cover. Excellent. Okay. Mm, D12 for this guy. Yep, I'm going to keep on using that. That's going to be a plus 15, which is a great number. Love the Blood Rager. That's going to be 24 points of damage, assuming this guy is, you know, just a normal guy. I can't remember if we established that yet. I think we did. Crunch. Just a normal guy with stabby fingers. 
Down goes Stabby Fingers. Haha, <laughs> Stabby Fingers. Take that. It's very sad. Uh, which I think I'm going to use that extra action to say that. Aha, Stabby Fingers, you. You stop it. All right. Now the Risen have fallen. Well, um, since Stabby Fingers is down, Red is going to rush over and with a charge attack, it's going to fire up its right arm, which appears to have a laser torch mounted on it. And uh, that is going to be 11 versus touch on Brixby. That will not, will not hit. Yay. That's mean. It's me, mean. All right, it is Asher's turn. Asher's about to provoke from this nonsense creature by shooting it directly in front of it. If he chooses, in its confusion of memories, to take an AOL. That's a natural 20 with the flaming torch arm. Oh no. Let's roll to confirm and roll low, please. Uh, That is a 22 versus touch. Uh, Yeah. That, in fact, will hit. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, that's 12 fire damage on Asher from the laser torch to the dome. Okay. Jeez. Ow. Didn't care for that particularly, uh, but I hope to return the favor by critting it back with the one, the only orange creamsicle by Ice Cream Dice. No, natural 19, though, words. No, uh, natural 19, though, 29 against touch. Yeah, that will definitely hit. And everything I roll on D8 is a 1, so 2 points of damage. 2 points of damage on red. Gotcha. Still looking strong. It's nonplussed. I have a move action, and this thing just took its AOO against me. I don't know if it has combat reflexes. Asher's going to try an acrobatics through its square to get into the room. That's a natural one. Uh, So that means I don't move and would provoke. Does it have combat reflexes? Yeah, you are stuck. Sadly, it does not take an attack of opportunity against you. All right, that's his turn. He tries to like roll up against it and just basically ends up giving it an awkward chest bump. <laughs> All right, Vargas, you are up. I wish that that thing hadn't walked up into the doorway. These to the side, that's not, this is like a rock wall. Yeah, that's wall. Same thing with this side of Kira, yeah. Yeah. So there's no way I can get close enough even with my extra reach. He's just gonna fire an acid splash through. 16 against range touch. 16 even with the cover, that will hit. That is a massive 3 damage. Every little bit counts. Alright, are you moving at all? Uh... No. <laughs> Unless I want to leave the cave, I'm not moving. All right, Brixby is up. 
Not that anyone would begrudge you leaving the cave at this point. Mr. Worldwide, the melee monster, who's gonna let go a full attack? Yee That is a 10 on the die for an 18 with the rapier. And 18 hits. Excellent. That is 11 points of damage with the first slash. And if it's still up, he's going to try to take a twack with the tail blade. It is. That's just the 12 with the tail blade, though. Uh, it's not going to do it. He's going to stay right there. All right. And on initiative nine, you hear groaning as what appears to be a rotting human corpse uh, in fairly dilapidated fashion stumbles into the room. That's fun. Then we'll head over to the next Rust Risen, who is gonna step up to this cloggy, cloggy doorway. And um, since that was a five foot step, that's gonna be a full attack action. Uh, we're gonna do first the, let's go for the drill on bricks. The heck number is that? Oh, that's a natural 19, so that's gonna be a 24. That will, in fact, hit Brixby. Does that include the around-the-corner cover penalty? Or cover bonus? I didn't give him a cover penalty, but... Well, what's the what does that make Brix's AC with the corner there? Tacking two under there puts me at 25, which would mean that it would miss. Wow. All right. He's gonna go for the chomp on Asher, not realizing that it's basically futile, and uh, yeah, that's not gonna do it. And at initiative six, uh, you hear more groaning and shambling, and another human corpse, and then another, and then it's Kira's turn. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Also, just thrown out there that uh, Kira has a plus five initiative bonus. I'm just, I don't know what we're saying. Yeah, she should have gone before human corpse number three. That's, you, you know, now we know. Um, Kira's going to, same thing, uh, power attack, try and swing at um, red stabby fingers. Six in the die plus 11, 17. 17 through cover will not hit. That's my turn. All right. Initiative one, we got more groaning and shambling. And then initiative 25 takes us back to red. And red is, well, it's just gonna hang out with Brixby and go for that sweet touch attack with the flame torch arm. Uh, that's a miss with a 13. Touch 15. And that's gonna go for the bite. That's a nat 20 on the bite. I am crit bait. <laughs> That's a nat one on the confirm, so I don't think that will hit. Still hits you, boy, Max though. damage, 11 damage on the chomp. Wow. Jeez. And that takes us to initiative 15, and you know, nothing untoward happens. And then Asher is up. Asher is going to first swift action lay on hands himself. Should have done that before. Whoopsies. Ugh. Garbage. Three on 2d6. And then he will 
You know, it went really, really well for him last time. So isn't it just provoke again and try and shoot? He has to take a move action to reload, which would provoke. So he's gonna provoke either way. I should have done things differently. It's too late. There's a lot of things on the board right now, people. <laughs> That's a total of eight on the attack versus touch. Uh, no, that's a miss. So now he has a loaded gun. It's pretty dope. Running out of dice and putting them to, his, to the side as they roll poorly, as is tradition. <laughs> it's been a long time since we've rolled the Gears of Fate, E20. Uh, let's just give it a shot. It's a misfire. Oof. Oh no. Oh no. It's a good thing Asher spent that hour as he does every night last night fixing one of those broken guns uh but but yeah it's a misfire it's fun yeah and i have no move so i must die end of turn all right uh that brings us to vargas vargas is going to call out from the back we need to get them out of the doorway even if we can't kill it we have to push it aside they're going to kill us if we're stuck in this hallway like this he is going to burn two of his five arcane pool points to recast Acid Arrow. Ooh, that was a waste of two arcane pool points. Unless a nine against its touch hits it with three people in between me and it. No, nine's not going to hit with the cover. Yep, okay. So he fires that directly in the back of Asher's head, and that is his turn. And Asher burns to death. It's very sad. All right, uh, that brings us to Brixby. All right, and once again, uh, full attack on red. I don't think that's going to do it with a 12 for the rapier. Uh, no love there. And that's a 15 with the tail blade. A uh, 15 will hit. Ooh. All right, so uh, I roll a one on my 1d2 minus one. <laughs> And for my 2d6, a 3 and a 5, bringing that to 9 points of damage against Red with the Tailblade. Alright, Red is starting to look like it's uh, falling apart. It's still up. Oh no. Oh man, this is so bad. It's a beefy, rusty boy. Yeah, it is. Oh boy. Are you moving? Giving up your spot there? Getting out of the way? Yeah, let me just step into the room all on my own. Let's see how that goes for Brixbow. No, I'm good. I'm going to stay right there. Just scurry into his space there. <laughs> All right. Got a little human corpse motion business. Green is going to go for that full attack. Uh, first, it'll go for Brixby with the drill. And that's a miss. And then try to bite Asher with a natural one. So that's not going to work out. And we're going to shamble... Um, and now Kira is up on initiative six faster than the corpse that is also on initiative six. Yeah, same, same thing. Just gonna keep going with the power attack stabby fingers guy. That's gonna be an eight plus 11, Nin 19. That worked once, that worked once. Yeah, 19 will hit. Oh, thank God, okay. 27 points of damage because everyone's gonna die. Well, red certainly is, if you'd like to describe that. Yeah, red guy. Here is in a rage of rage and also mild fear, just kind of like, this is not going well, we've been here before. 
half steps forward, swings over Brixby's head. Sorry. Also, I'm still mad at you. Um, and pointy side hammers this thing in the, I don't know, face parts. Just right on in there. Ow. Just me. Yeah, well. Are you using your move action or are you staying put? I guess we'll stay put. Okay. All right. On initiative six, I think we're going to have a walking corpse here shamble its way on over into this space. And, um, yeah, that's all it can do. Then on initiative one, we're going to have some more shambling. And then on initiative 17, there's some shambling that I forgot about before. And then on 15, a tall figure stalks into the room with a big smile on her face, dagger in her hand, as she steps in, clears her throat a little bit, and points a finger at the lot of you, and says, Now, die. I'm gonna need reflex saves from everybody. So clearly she's casting power word kill. (laughs) Is this a spell or a spell-like ability? It is, it's a spell. Boy. Did you say will save? I said reflex save. The corpse there rolled a nat 20 on its reflex save, so that's nice. Let's start with Brixby. Brixby rolled the opposite. A 1 for a 10, Sam. That is really bad. Um, How about Asher? Oh, no. A 14 oh, no. for 25. Okay, that's a pass. And how about Kira? 16 for 21. That's a pass. And Vargas? 15 for a 19. Really hoping it's not a DC 20. Okay, so everybody passes except for Brixby. So... Oh my god, Brix. Everybody other than Brix is going to take half damage as a lightning bolt shoots out of this hobgoblin's hand. Um, (laughs) I don't want to hear this. Yeah, it's uh, episode 50... Folks, let me just check how many D6s I need. Like one or two? This is 22 electricity damage as she fires a um, lightning bolt straight through her own zombie and the entire party. So 11 damage for everybody but Brixby. Brixby takes 22 to the dome. Mm-hmm. And I'm still up, buddy. Wow. <laughs> I thought you might have been permadead there because you've taken some hits. Nope. Oh, my God. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the 40 HP arcane trickster. I'm somehow also a tank. <laughs> so, yeah, I am. Uh, I have a respectable. I'm not going to tell Sam how much I have. It's seven, guys. Uh, HP left, but I'm good. Now, see, once you're into those, like, single digits, though, it's almost would have been better to get knocked unconscious. <laughs> yes. No, I'm I'm quite aware that this is how people die, with, like, the false confidence and then getting into the single digits, and then, yeah. yeah. Death, death stalks me like a close friend, Jero. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Bad news. I'm going to bed. No! Ooh. Uh, <laughs> okay, night, night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Oh, man. Uh.
against the machine. against the machine is property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme against the machine written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. I was late on that one. We should probably do it four more times. For Jeff's sake. Agreed. For Jeff. It's episode 50. We can't mess up on the clap. It's true. You're right. You actually can't mess up a clap, no matter what Sam from Dungeon Dab Bar says. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, casting shade in episode 50. Not even here to defend himself. And those are waveforms that represent my voice. Excellent. Good. If he's bricks, he's... He's trying to think of a way to end that sentence and couldn't. Where did it go? Where did the regeneration thing go? Knowing my spell is like I do, we can edit in whether or not he can do anything useful. (laughs) You're looking at non-trivial thickness. I mean... I'm just going to tell you my... I'm trampling like a wildebeest. Uh, hear me roar and stuff. <laughs> All right, Sam, benevolent GM. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I got, ignore me. Cut that out. Delete it. <laughs> All right, cool. We're going to just huddle and we're going to whisper for a dramatic effect.